Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. We are in the greatest time for opportunistic hiring. An unprecedented number of talented people are on the sidelines, and now is your time to hire the people that will take your company to the next level. All it takes is some creative thinking and a plan. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win hires. We do this by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Mr. Scott Hamilton. Scott is the president and CEO of Executive Next Practices Institute. Scott and his team of NextWorks partners provided executive and organizational programs around strategic planning, execution, internal innovation methods, performance management improvement, and the pioneering use of collective intelligence alignment, which is what makes Scott the perfect guest for today's topic. Scott, welcome to the Higher Power Radio hey, Show today. Hey, Rick. Great to be back with you. Today, we're going to discuss why to start executing your talent strategy now for next year and three critical elements to building your hiring plan. Selling a plan? That sounds like a great plan. Let's right. get to it. All right, let's do it. So I find the biggest challenge today is that business leaders have not recognized the opportunity that we have in front of us and the opportunity to pick off, I say pick off, but I mean, to hire really strong displaced talent, people who are on the sidelines right now is better than it's ever been. And I don't see it getting any better. But it is the best it's ever been. Now we've got a much larger audience, much larger talent pool, because now we're looking globally. We're looking at cloud talent. We're looking at full time, we're looking at part-time, you've got lots of options now. Yeah. And it's opened the door for us to be able to hire people in say Sandusky, Ohio, or some crazy place in Alaska. You can pick off people that you normally wouldn't even give five minutes of time to. Absolutely. On top of that, you got the exodus out of San Francisco, New York, other major cities. So you've got that talent now relocated and available. Let's talk about some of the challenges you find today. That's one of the biggest ones I see. How about you? Where do companies face the greatest challenges right now? Here's the number one challenge. And that is many have not made the conversion to remote work from home and hybrid environments. They found it very, very difficult. Which is why they're (laughs) treading water right now. (laughs) Right. Yeah. We did, we all did great. March, April, May, even June, now the cracks are starting to appear. Communications are falling down. There's disconnects. You can feel it when you get online with a retailer or you try to communicate with someone about a customer service issue. It falls apart Oh God! if yeah. you can even get hold of someone. We're having that same disconnect within teams across organizations. We've gotten lost in that post-COVID fog is what you're saying. It is truly a virtual fog we're trying to see through. The smoke is there. The fog is there. And it's leading to misalignment, disconnect, miscommunications. And a management. I've heard a lot of people complain online about how their CEO will see somebody offline and they'll start getting on him because he doesn't see him working. Yeah, the wrong kind of communications, exactly. <laughs> there should be a lot of communications. Often, though, the only communications they hear is, to your point, what have you done for me lately? What other problems are you seeing right now? All across the board. Firstly, people not sharing their vision and purpose to start with. So they're starting to lose. They're starting to lose their compass, if you will, as organizations. So it's up to the CEO and executive team right now to get back to sharing what is our mission, our critical values, where are we going into 2021 and get people on the same page that way. And be living them. Exactly. Otherwise, we're You have to be a shining example of what your values are. Absolutely. Otherwise, we're working out of context. People are following the wrong ideas. 
Absolutely. Like Tony Hirsch of Zappos says it this way. He wants to be communicating 24 times as much as his line supervisors, for example, because it takes that long to get the message across. Continually reinforcing where they are, what their value systems are, what the storyline is for their organization. So you want to over-communicate, but you don't want to over-manage. You don't want to micromanage. There's a fine line there. These are communications designed to open doors, not close doors. These are communications to include people, not exclude people. So again, it's how can we push creativity and ideation down and across the whole organization. We've talked about this before. Organizations only tap about 5% of the collective intelligence of their workforce, only 5%. So there's a 95% opportunity here to engage people and start to move forward, particularly to adapt in these kind of times. And you also have the 80-20 rule where you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. Yeah, that rule still applies even in a, a covert environment, except, except it's much more transparent of who's working and who's not. That's true. If you've done a really good job, you can really see who's making it <laughs> difference. And it's harder for people to hide. It really is. For sure. You've got the metrics there. The other thing is we've lost networking almost completely. We just have essentially Zoom meetings and that's our communication between or meeting new people. I can't go to an EMP meeting anymore. I don't know what's up with that, but... I know, we miss you at the meetings. Yeah, we miss you speaking at the meetings. We made the pivot March 20, day two of the shutdown to go to virtual. And we started to build in collaborations within the events. So people didn't miss that kind of networking. Because what we're after here, and general networking has never been good. Authentic networking has always been good. That is, understand people and get to know them with their fundamental values, what they're all about. Yeah, it's all about relationships. Authentic relationships, exactly. So we've always been about that. Now we've got to work for how do we get those serendipitous collisions of ideas? Since we don't have people in a room, how do we make sure we have these random collisions of ideas come together? Yeah, and that goes for hiring too. It's not so much about you have to selectively now target people and build relationships with them before you get them into the interview process and before you hire them. Because you want to make sure that you're bringing the right people on board. Exactly. We've done the easy work of connecting with the people we already know. Now the tough work of getting those folks we don't know, the third degree people that are in our networks or out of our networks that we've got to bring into the fold. But they're easy to get to because there's always somebody like, what is it, three degrees of Kevin Bacon? So That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we can get to Kevin Bacon pretty easy, apparently. Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> So why is this important to a company today? Well, right now, companies need to be working on their talent brand. It's always been there, the employer brand. Now it's been even more critical that you get that brand out there, communicated on a regular basis and make it transparent for people. So we've seen a lot of companies convert to video, convert to heavy web presence, convert to webinars, seminars, where they're speaking about their brand and getting the message out. That level of communication has increased. I was never a fan of employment brand for the longest time because I thought it was just lazy, but I wasn't a fan of job boards either. Now, with this current scenario, you can actually work those channels now. As long as you're smart in how you put your message out there, you can get the right people. I'm like you. I didn't like that employer brand, but I thought it was too generic and it was inauthentic. So the authentic way of communicating your employee brand is not you, not the CEO necessarily speaking to it, but people actually within the company talking about what it's like to work there, suppliers, other partners with your organization. Well, the challenge was it was always based around perks. We've got free food and we have a go-kart, we go go-karting or we, whatever, we have a foosball table, all that stuff, which are perks. And I really don't see that as being an attractor for anybody who, but freeloaders, <laughs> I want free lunch, but it doesn't attract great people. Now you have to be much more intentional and more holistic about creating that environment for employees. Now the important thing, Corey, is, is working from home and in hybrid environments, how do you make it easier? So the initial thing you saw was people literally sending out technology, sending out furniture to their employees so they've got a 
comfortable place to work. Now they're taking the next step. It's not just about the employee. It's about that work environment that they're in now, how they can make it easier, smoother, more effective. Still, you have to take it into consideration that the thing that makes people change jobs or the thing that draws people to your company is the growth potential. How am I going to grow as an individual at your company? And I think as an employer, that's something that you have to focus in on. We've seen a lot of the clients we work with, our members are creating elaborate career paths. So it's mm. again, it's visible, it's transparent about the path you can get on and the opportunities that are there, yeah. both locally as well as nationally and globally. The clearer you can make that, the better off you are. You said there was another thing, equity and inclusion. Give me your thoughts on why that's important to the company right now. Well, first of all, we've always, many companies have always looked at diversity as this thing that's off here, off to the side, or it's a program or it's a process. And it's none of those things. Diversity and inclusion is something that has to be built into your DNA. It's got to be built into your strategy. Every fiber of it, every practice, every job spec, every job description is looked at through the microscope of saying, are we truly opening the doors to everyone that can possibly be in this role? That's right. We'd started this talk about the giant talent pool. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of well-known CEOs step into it in the past month, making some statements that said our talent pool is limited in certain minorities, which was completely wrong. When we look at it, when we're being inclusive in how we describe jobs, again, looking at it to say, have we set up arbitrary barriers to it? Making sure that we've been more and more open about how we're writing things so that people do feel included and can be referred in. All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you're going to find additional resources and content to help you land great hires. Our guest today is Scott Hamilton. He's the president and CEO of Executive Next Practices Institute. And we're talking about the three critical elements to building your hiring plan. So we just talked a little bit about why it's important to your company. And now we're going to delve into how to do it. Let's delve into Scott. How do we build this? So I'm going to let you give your thoughts on how you would build a strategy now for 2021, or actually I would say implement it now, because when you hire now, then you go into 2021 stronger. Exactly. Let's start at the highest level though. Again, that starts with your business strategy. What is your core business value proposition that you want to get out there to all of your employees and then to the marketplace? That's where companies right now are focusing through virtual retreats. So we all used to do those strategic planning sessions where we take people off to a hotel or we take them on a trip. Those are still happening, except it's happening virtually now. The issue is, and I've heard this 10 times this past week, people are talking about the how to do that, how of remote work. That's not the issue. It's what you're working on. Mm -hmm. It's what you're engaging your people to. That means developing the right scenarios, developing the right skill sets around adaptability and pragmatic thinking, meaning if we're doing something, does this really make sense? Again, starting at the top. What is your overall business strategy and getting people behind that? Well, and also do your values align with that business strategy? You should reevaluate whether or not the words you have on the wall behind you are really who you are as a company, especially moving forward, because that's going to help you hire to cultural value and company value alignment in bringing in diversity and inclusion as well. Yeah, you're so right, because we've seen a number of clients that have values that have been around for 20 years that are outdated. (laughs) And and talent will look at that and say, I don't see this word there or something's missing. So I'm assuming you don't value it. I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a company and seen their corporate values and I walk through and I go, I don't see any collaboration. Collaboration will be up on the wall and all I see is people hiding behind a desk and they start typing really loud when the leaders come by because they want them to think they're working. That's a terrible sign and people pick up on that. Ultimately, we're building a talent strategy 
that's creating a team of entrepreneurs. Bottom line, they've got that entrepreneurial mindset, which yeah. means they're willing to take risk. They're willing to make decisions. They're willing to experiment. We want them to do that within the guidelines of where we are as an organization and doing it within context of where we are as an organization. Okay, building your strategy. So where do we start? The core thing is looking at the core business model. So a lot of times we've got a core business model that we look at and there are about 10 to 12 questions we ask them anywhere from what your markets are to what the technology is, to what the industry norms are, to what the economic forecast is. So all those variables we look at and we ask questions about those key variables against the business model, because that may shift your value proposition. Remember, you're seeing that all across the board right now as we go into 2021. People went into it with this 2019 thinking. Now they're saying 2021, 2022, we're going to look differently. We're going to provide a different service to our core customers. And consumer behavior, of course, buying patterns are changing dramatically. What they're looking for, what they value is dramatically changing in just a short period of time. That's your bottom-up strategy that you're taking first, and then you're moving into what? Then we move into, are we going to execute? How are we going to execute this strategy that we're all agreed to? And that means setting the right KPIs, the right OKRs. And of course, Google is a big proponent of OKRs to drive the organization sure. forward. But we're looking at those measurements smaller way in a shorter term way. So we got our measurements down to 30, 60 days. So we can say, are we making progress or do we need to pivot? That's the biggest thing also is the ability to move and change direction in a very short period of time in this kind of economy. Before that, though, we had talked about earlier that talent skills come into play, especially if you're setting this hiring plan. I'm not a big proponent of hiring for skills. I'm a big proponent of hiring for cultural and company alignment first. Skills can always be learned, but the core of who a person is doesn't really change very much. No, it doesn't. You're exactly right to be looking at those skill sets that are going to fit where we're going as an organization, that fit our value systems. But yeah. Also, again, we want people that speak with their own mind in many yeah. cases that can challenge the status quo, that can be creative in this kind of a market. And so that's a value system and a skill set or adaptability skill set that we want to have within our organization. You definitely want those type of people, but you also have to create that environment as the leader. And that's where most leaders fail because they don't create that environment that makes it safe for you to challenge. Yeah, most environments are set up to get to a wrong instead of a right. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. We're looking at valuing adaptability and valuing people's individuality and valuing people challenging your thoughts, challenging what you think is right and making it okay to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. And you want some people in there, you want employees that have this pragmatic sense of what's right and wrong, that are not afraid to step up, create these ideas, go experiment and move forward with it, but also have an intimate sense of, does this really make sense at the end of the day? They're not just throwing things at the wall, but they're really thinking it through about what are the implications of their decisions. I got to spend some time with the CEO while back who was really big on celebrating failures. When they'd have their meetings, they would actually say, okay, well, what were the wins? What are the losses? Okay, what failed? And they'd be like, yay, it failed because guess what? That's one step closer to getting it right. And that was a really interesting perspective, but everybody had fun because then everybody was okay with admitting that they failed on things. There's two parts of that. One is failure or just call it a learning culture. Sure. We're learning fast rather than failing fast. But the other part of this is developing scenarios. So we do a lot of this with organizations now. We talked about setting strategy 2021. So we do what we call a pre-mortem. So we set up three scenarios and we look at the end of 2021. We say, how did it look then? What did our talent look like? What did our culture look like? What did our markets look like at the end of 2021? And how did we get there? Or what mistakes did we make along the way where we didn't get there? So the pre-mortem 
is a great tool, particularly in this environment, that forces people to think about the implications of what they're doing, saying, and what they're deciding. Hopping back to the execution, how do we set the execution on the hiring strategy? Tying it closely to where we're going overall as an organization. That's the direct line of sight. Is this going to fit our shared purpose? Is this going to fit our objectives as an organization? And then backing into that, and starting to decide what kind of talent are we going to need? What kind of core attributes do we want, behaviors do we want out of that workforce? And start to relook at how we're describing the positions that we're putting in place. Best example I know of is Amazon because they've been doing this for years. Bezos went from virtually 22 layers within the organization down to seven, seven leadership layers. And then there's another four or five that are operational. So seven down from multiple layers before that. And that was done because then it can be more inclusive about who they include in those layers and allow more flexibility for those leaders to get things done. In other words, a wider view of things that you can look at to make decisions against. We had Michael Cato on the show a few yeah. weeks ago, and, yeah. and Michael was talking a little bit about really evaluating who you have on the boat right now. And are those going to be the people that are going to be good for taking you to where you want to be a year from now? Having those conversations, and those are tough conversations to have, which are, hey, look at, we've got somebody in a seat here. Is that person going to be the best person? And if not, you should start either positioning them for another role or a different seat or start looking for other people that can get you to that spot. With the talent pool as open as it is right now, we really have to be taking advantage of that. I've never seen a time where people are taking my calls. I can make 10 calls and I'll get 11 responses. The small amount of searches that I'm working on right now, it's crazy. We were talking about targeting. That's a really important thing. You don't have to throw a bunch of things out there. You can target right now and get to those right people. Because again, people are responsive. That's another part of this. So we've talked about first redefining what kind of talent we want. We're starting with a blank sheet of paper almost as we go into this. Secondly, then we're evaluating who we have. We talked about that again. And the performance management process was already changing before COVID, as we know. It was getting more streamlined, more high touch, more immediate. We've gotten away from the old systems and arcane ways of Thank evaluating. God. Yeah, Way, See, long there's overdue. been some good from COVID, right? <laughs> long, long overdue. <laughs> that piece is happening. And then to your point, now we're transitioning to the targeted piece of this. And we've got new tools via social and other tools out there where we can specifically target groups that we're after and go through a push-pull campaign in each case to attract these people, pull them into our web. Going back to the strong referrals, strategy, building out referral programs within your organization with people that you know, get introductions. LinkedIn has set up all the tools so you can get introductions really, really easily. So now just building out those strategies and communicating about it on a daily basis. Hey, we've got this role open. Who do you know? I don't want you to contact your friends. I just want you to feed me their names and maybe give me an introduction and I'll go out and I'll reach out to them and develop the relationship. This goes beyond talent. And this is the advice I'm giving to any consultant, any CEO, uh, any key advisor. And that is, in this marketplace, your referrals and your testimonials are gold because you don't have anything else. Particularly when it comes to building new channels and new opportunities. It's so time consuming. It is. When you get a referral, it's the easiest. You've already got somebody who's going to join you. 
Exactly. Who's already been tested and ready to go. And yet people are reticent about going after referrals, but that's your number one source. And then of course, getting, <laughs> getting folks to do the testimonials. They've known you for years. They can talk about your work. That's the number one way. Again, the challenge right now, going back where we started, was we know our existing network. It's that new network we're building on. And that's only going to be possible through these referrals, testimonials, them being able to see exactly what we have done and will do in the future. And that's how you build value growth within your company. Absolutely. We're getting pretty close on time. What would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience so they can plug into their business today? Right now, I can't reinforce this enough. Pull your team together now. Do not wait for January. Do it now. The advantage of remote technology is that you can pull your team together quickly, online, done in the right way. That is, plan it out carefully, be concise. We're planning our strategic session. But start building those relationships now, too. If you're going to hire in January, get the ball rolling so that when that role is available, you can just make that phone call and hire that person right away. Yeah, we're working on all parts of the plane while we're in flight. So the talent side of this, just to your point, we're doing that targeting now. We're already projecting ahead what we're going to need into next year and starting that razor focus at that point. Thirdly is working on the things of impact. Let's focus on those things that are actually going to move us forward in 2021. That's going to add to our value proposition and really pressure test that now between now and the end of the year. There you go. All right. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. Scott, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the community can reach you? You have a couple of events coming up, so I'll give you a few minutes to plug those. Yeah, we've got Executive Next Practice is an agnostic forum. It's a non-sales forum. So we've got several things coming up. This week on October 22nd, we're going to talk about virtual strategy. We're going to get under the hood about scenario development, developing talent as well. Followed right on the heels of that is reInvent HR, which is our unique series. You've been on this. Oh, yeah. Where we do fast-paced HR talks among the top HR leaders of the world. That's October 29th. And then last but certainly not least, November 12th is our fifth annual Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Forum. We've got the top people across the country talking about what it's going to take to bake in to build in DEI to the way we do business. How do they find ENP? Just Google. Executive Next Practices will come up all over the place. ENPinstitute.com, but Executive Next Practices on Google will get you right to us. All right. <laughs> well, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrew Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. And you can also get additional content there. We've got a series up about video interviewing that's extremely helpful for organizations. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Lewis Barrel. He is the founder and CEO of Rocket Place. I'm your host, Rick Girard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.